Today from the Global Lane, she's a Christian who fled the Ayatollah's regime. Now Sweden wants to send this former Muslim packing back to Iran. Maybe they'll kill me. I don't know what happened to me. Freedom's eroding and U.S. federal agencies stocking up on ammunition. The IRS has 4,500 guns, 5 million rounds of ammunition. The Department of Health and Human Services, believe it or not, has 4 million rounds of ammo. The Fourth Amendment's dead. American Christians demonized and marginalized for believing in God and country. To the left, the obstacle between them and their global utopianism are people that are patriotic and people of Christian conviction. And the, the term Christian nationalism really should be a compliment. The jury said not liable. How Antifa got away with assaulting an American journalist. And it's all right here on The Global Lane. Christianity is spreading faster than ever in Iran, with some house church leaders saying they believe the country now has several million believers in Christ. Many Iranians report experiencing dreams and visions of Jesus, yet once Iranians leave Islam and embrace Christianity, many face devastating consequences. Some lose their jobs, their freedom, even their lives. Well, joining us from Stockholm is former Muslim Elmira Tarabi. She says she became a Christian three years ago in Iran. She fled the Islamic Republic and sought refuge in Sweden. Now the Swedish government wants to send her packing back to Iran. Elmira, thank you for joining us. So why can't you stay in Sweden? What are immigration officials telling you? Uh, hello, everyone, and I'm really grateful I'm here. Uh, yes, I have uh, this situation, unfortunately, here, that they want to the immigration of the in Sweden. They want to me uh, back to my country, and they uh, think that I'm not a real believer. They think that I'm uh, just, it's not my faith, it's not true, and I'm just act like a Christian. And uh, they didn't see that to how I'm uh, wants to be serve my God, how I want to worship my God. And uh, they know that in my country is no opportunity to go to the church or you having the, uh, any place to just worship the God. And this has happened for me. Just they are think that uh, it's not true for me. And I'm, I'm still, I don't believe her and I'm not a Christian. And it's the pro problem is that they told me that you're, you are not Muslim because you prove us you are not a Muslim. But it didn't mean that you are a true believer. And uh, the problem is that how they can measure me, and uh, especially for the Article 9 in the Europe, how they can understand your, your, what's happening in your mind and your heart and how they are measuring your faith. Uh, it's a really big problem these days. And I am in the middle of this situation, and they are told me you have to back to your country because if you are not a really true believer, it's no problem for you in your country. Well, what will happen to you, Elmira, if you're deported and forced to return to Iran uh, now that you're a Christian? You're no longer a Muslim. You're considered an mm -hmm. infidel. Maybe they'll kill me. I don't know what happened to me. I go to the wrong in a jail and uh, maybe excluded, it, and maybe they are wants to punish me. I don't know what happened to me, uh, for me, because many people, they are Christian, and uh, they have to back to their countries, and they are my country, and they are, this has happened for them. They'll go to the jail, they'll die, and nobody knows what happened, especially now in 
this situation of uh, happen, it's just the normal people have a lot of problem too. And what happened for me as a Christian, I have a lot of activity. I'm uh, serving the church. I have a, a lot of things. And it's really easy for the uh, regime of Iran to find the people. It's easy for them to understand who I am. And uh, this is a really bad situation happened to me. And I know that uh, I'm not saving my country. Well, uh, why did you leave Islam? Why did you become a Christian? Yes, uh, uh, I'm really happy for that. Uh, one of my relatives, he is a Christian, and he's talked to me about the Christ. And then in the first step, I said that, okay, maybe he's another religious who wants to just force me. And But after that, he's talked to me about the Christ, how, how the Jesus is, he's loved us. And I see the love of God and see that how he's loved me. Is mercy on me. He forgave me for all of my sins I did, and he wants to just hug me, love me, and just just that. Don't wants to do any special thing or great thing to. He love you a little more. He loves you as you are, and and I'm I'm unique in his eyes too, and he's changed my heart, my behavior, my ethic. Everything changed on me. I'm. I'm another person after I believe the Christ. I received a lot of miracles. I received a lot of vision about the God, a dream about uh, the Jesus. And I said, that, oh, my God, this is my God. This had to be my God. And and the whole of my life, I'm standing in a really wrong way. And I, now I'm really grateful to have him as my God and as my Savior. And why I'm not being serve to other people. I have to tell the other people to they are saved too. They, they are feel that feeling I have now. I'm grateful for that. For I'm a, I have a joy. I have a peace. So how much time do you have? When did they say they will send you back? They didn't give me a special time to um, I have to back. But the problem is that I don't know what happened for my future. And I don't know... Uh, when I have to go back, but I know that my God has changed everything, and I'm here to just say that it's not righteousness. I to just back me like this, like they know that they'll kill me, and but they'll say that so much easy these wars to me. Okay, well, uh, our viewers, I'm sure, will be praying for you. Keep us posted. Iranian Christian mm -hmm. Elmira Torabi, hoping to remain in Sweden, a country that by the way, wants to join NATO. So thank you for sharing your story with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for you. Thanks. Fewer rights and fewer choices about how we live our lives. Freedom in America is shrinking. And according to one expert, the Constitution has effectively been terminated. The power of the federal government is way out of control. The FBI is spying on Americans. Dale Hurd brings us the details in this eye-opening report. When the Iron Curtain fell in 1989, there was a wave of optimism and excitement that freedom had been unleashed, and there would be no going back to totalitarianism. But along the way, something went wrong. Global studies show that for most of the world, freedom has been in decline for many years. Add to that an economy consolidating under larger companies, with consumers seeing their purchasing choices restricted. Small business optimism is now at its lowest point in 10 years. Nearly two in five small businesses could not pay their rent in May. Consumers are having choices taken away from them, especially if the product they want runs on fossil fuel. 
mainly because of those in power supporting the belief in a man-made climate emergency. Energy analyst Dr. Marlo Lewis accuses Washington of trying to regulate the fossil fuel industry out of the economy. This has put a big damper on capital investment in, in oil companies, natural gas companies. Uh, it's also made it very difficult for a coal company in particular, but even for a natural gas company to get a, sub a substantial loan from the banks. Driving energy costs up and the reliability of the nation's power grid down. Christian Civil Liberties attorney John Whitehead takes the radical view that the Constitution has been effectively terminated because so much of it is now regularly ignored. He says the many heavily armed government agencies and local police forces constitute a standing army on U.S. soil, ready to raid homes in violation of the Fourth Amendment, which protects our right to be secure in our persons and property. The IRS has 4,500 guns, 5 million rounds of ammunition. The Veterans Administration has 11 million rounds of ammo. The Department of Health and Human Services, believe it or not, has 4 million rounds of ammo. The Social Security Administration has 800,000 rounds of ammo for their special agents and armors and guns. Even NASA has a SWAT team. Since 1980, SWAT raids have risen from 3,000 a year to 80,000. Why do our police have to have grenade launchers? and MRAPs, which are tanks on tires, in communities of 5,000 people. The Fourth Amendment's dead. And the First Amendment, which was intended to protect speech the majority doesn't like, no longer prevents people from being censored, canceled, deplatformed, or even debanked. A Penn State poll showed most Americans believe they've lost more personal freedoms in the past 10 years than they have gained. While another survey found that one-third of Americans think having a strong leader who doesn't have to bother with Congress or elections would be a good system of government. One of the forces behind the fall of the Iron Curtain and a leader of the Czech Velvet Revolution, Yaroslav Flieder, told us he never expected the free world to turn out like this and said he's especially upset that many Americans seem okay with a loss of rights when it's used against their political enemies. People whose rights are being you know, removed, they really do not perceive it that way. They sometimes actually think, almost see it like as a benefit, you know, as a beneficial process because sometimes these rights are taken from people they don't like and they applaud it. And I've, in this situation, situations like that, I always tell them, you know, yeah, it might be actually pleasing now, just wait until you are the object of this process. When your rights are violated and when, when it's going to be done to you, you won't find it as much you know, fun as you know, you're finding it now. Dale Hurd joins us now here in the studio. Dale, you presented it in your report. There was great optimism after the Berlin Wall fell and the Soviet Union collapsed. And uh, then within a generation, uh, this, we've arrived at this point. How did that happen? Yeah, I think it shows how wide the chasm is in our society between right and left. And people want to see constitutional violations used against their political opponents, which is a big mistake. But it also begins with the government. Our own government is, is you, trying to and sometimes using constitutional violations. But in terms of the public, it really isn't 50-50. I didn't stress this in my story. But it's primarily Democrats who uh, believe in limits on speech, and they see the Constitution as an impediment to their remaking America in a more liberal image. John Whitehead says, look, uh, the Constitution's dead. Uh, you have the, all these federal agencies now. 
that have either guns or riot gear and so forth. Uh, what do they say when yeah. when they're asked about that? Why yeah, do they need it? I don't think any of us have heard a good explanation. I mean, how many armed confrontations does Social Security have in a year with people? What I think is the deep state looks out on the country, they see all the armed citizens, and they're thinking, we need to, to somehow balance this. Um, we need to protect government. And, and that's the only explanation I can come up with. And uh, the Czech uh, velvet revolution there. What about the warning that they're giving? I mean, they know firsthand. They've gone through this. What about these warnings? How come we're not heeding these warnings? Does anybody really care? Are we listening? Yeah, again, because I think the chasm is so wide. I mean, we're in, we're at some part of a pre-Civil War phase in this country. I don't know. Maybe we're very far from it. And when we're praying that the Lord will unify this country and bring us together. But the, the division is so wide. What we should be doing, right and left, is we, we should object when constitutional violations are used against our political opponents. Because the Constitution was essentially created to protect the minority or views we don't like. But we're not seeing that. We're seeing these violations as a, as a great hammer to beat down our political opponents. The left views the Constitution as, as the, what conservatives want to use to, to thwart them. And the left would like, would like the Constitution rewritten or out of the way. Okay, we're very polarized, so how do we come together? Yeah. We need to pray. Yeah. Well, Dale Hurd, that's uh, a good uh, note to end on. Thank you, Dale. What an excellent report. Thank you, Keep Jerry. up the good work. We Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for being with us. American leftists always seem to need a boogeyman. When they're not demonizing MAGA Republicans, they're demonizing Christian nationalists. So what is a Christian nationalist? Culture and religion analyst Alex McFarland of Alex McFarland Ministries is here to set us straight. He's co-author of the book, 100 Bible Questions and Answers, Inspiring Truths, Historical Facts, and Practical Insights. Alex, it's always good to talk with you. So you say leftists and tyrants always seem to use an othering technique to single out and persecute, destroy their adversaries. So how is the left rebranding, redefining the term Christian nationalist? Well, Gary, thanks for having me on. It's always a privilege. And yes, uh, cultural Marxists and those that want to change America farther and farther away from our moral principles and really ultimately their, their ultimate goal is the overthrow of the U.S. Constitution and the loss of all of our liberties. One of their techniques is to marginalize and demonize uh, those of us that, that care about God and country caring about this nation and living by Christian values, these are commendable. But to the left that, that realizes the, the obstacle between them and their global utopianism are people that are patriotic and people of Christian conviction. Part of the way they're trying to raise up generations of secularists that uh, don't like America and don't accept Christ, they're, they're demonizing people of faith and people of patriotic conviction. And the, the term Christian nationalism 
really should be a compliment because number one, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, we care about this country, but it's a slam by the left. It's a pejorative term uh, to try to mean some wide-eyed, crazed, you know, uh, zealot. But really, to love the Lord and to love this country, these are these are virtues, not vices. And our Declaration of Independence, I, I'm sure you remember that. How is it being used yeah. uh, in this demonization of patriotic Christians? Well, Jefferson uh, used some terms that we need to really understand. One is self-evident truth, and, and that really is natural law, that there are moral boundaries. And then life, the sacredness of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. These um, really, the legal term is the word penumbra, a grouping of natural rights, not special rights, not manufactured, contrived rights, but a penumbra of natural rights. But it's been parlayed to mean militant autonomy. Uh, I don't answer to anybody. I don't have any boundaries. I can do whatever I want. And honestly, the way that the left and the cultural Marxists have perverted, they've either tried to obstruct an understanding of our country or pervert it so that they can create lawlessness, like during the riots of Black Lives Matter, the homeless crises in Democrat-led cities, the open borders. Obviously, uh, Alex, there are some conservative Christians who do hold extreme views. How did they twist the Bible and Christianity to fit an anti-government agenda? Well, uh, there are those that um, profess to be Christians, and I, I'm not disputing that. Uh, only God knows another person's heart, but uh, they have a very theocratic view or uh, sometimes called, you know, reconstructionist view that they want to uh, somehow impose Old Testament law and uh, execute shoplifters and things like that. And that is absolutely not not what patriotic Americans want. What we want is what the founders envisioned and what for two centuries plus made us the greatest nation in the world, and that's a representative constitutional republic, a principled republic based on belief in natural law, the moral awareness that is written on the heart of all people, but it's also written in the uh, Ten Commandments uh, in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, by the way, as I come to you, I'm at our sixth of seven summer camps in seven camps. Uh, I and my staff have the privilege of being in front of 1,250 teenagers all summer long. And number one, we're teaching them the biblical worldview and how to have a relationship with Christ. But we're also teaching them about America and civics, the civics they're not learning in school. And let me just say, kids are eating it up. They love America. And um, I know the left probably would not like to, to know that generations in our camps, conferences, uh, online content, we're teaching kids the truth about God and country. And so uh, that's why I'm outdoors doing this interview. But uh, we, we are second only to Israel under King Solomon. But our nation is worth fighting for. Our nation is worth loving and caring about. And uh, I proudly own the term Christian nationalist. The left can call me that all they want, because I am a Christian, and I love the United States of America. And uh, bad news, 
uh, Wokies, millions and millions of others love America too. And we're going to do what we can to be stewards of this blessed nation. And you're doing it with the young people there. Good to hear. That's a positive. Okay, Alex McFarland. Thank you, Alex, for setting us straight. Good to hear from you again. God bless you. What do you think poses the greatest threat to your family and the United States? Is it our national debt, which has grown by another $1.6 trillion so far this fiscal year and now exceeds $32 trillion? Or is it Chinese and Russian aggression? Terrorism? Well, according to President Biden, the greatest threat to America comes from MAGA Republicans and white supremacists. During his commencement address at Howard University in May, Biden said the battle is never really over. But on the best days, enough of us have the guts and the hearts to st stand up for the best in us. The most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. But when it comes to criminals and leftist terrorists roaming in our major cities, like Portland, Oregon, only the sound of crickets is heard at the White House. Take a look at this. It's members of Antifa assaulting journalist Andy Ngo, who exposed Antifa's activities and lawlessness during the Portland riots in 2021. Although Ngo brought a civil lawsuit against two Antifa activists, this week a Multnomah County jury cleared them of civil liability. So the message is, if you don't like what a journalist is reporting, go ahead and try to silence him and give him a good beating. Folks, the assault wasn't just against Andy No. We're all being assaulted by politicians and prosecutors who ignore leftist violence and criminality in major U.S. cities. So far, Congress has rejected proposed legislation designating Antifa a terrorist organization. The defense attorney in the Portland Antifa trial declared her allegiance to Antifa and said she'd wear an I Am Antifa t-shirt after the trial. Michelle Burroughs reportedly said, resistance in this country has never been peaceful. Well, folks, we need to keep resisting the resistors. When they commit crimes in the name of leftist revolution or revolution on the right, they must be punished. The safety of Americans like Andy No and the future of our society are at stake. May God grant us wisdom, fairness, equal justice, and common sense. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channels, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Rumble. And until next time, be blessed.